right yeah and what is important is he's saying that this is a problem because uh nobody takes you very seriously right okay and uh you are kind of a fool uh to actually do this because in in fact if people keep quiet right then uh, uh what happens is they get a reputation of being wise right so uh what what do you have you have something called uh, silence is golden yeah and speech is silver right i think that's something that we already know about right yeah and uh so you get uh, this idea of a, a look or a reputation of wisdom right yeah now of course uh there are different kinds of silences some of it are what you call the silence of fools right yeah and a lot of people were very foolish right uh they don't and they can't really open their mouths so he's not talking about that kind of silence or maybe that's some kind of silence which is again uh, a problem right yeah because uh, normally we uh, the idea of open your mouth moderately but every time you open your mouth makes sense that's a, that's a better kind of understanding right but if you're saying just say stay uh, silent i don't know whether that sells right yeah of course uh, it's very difficult to deal with the british uh, because they don't open up so much right and as opposed to the americans who uh like to go around bragging and being the center of attention right so you might find uh, it a problem to talk to a britisher because he's too uh, restrained and it's easier to talk to an american but we don't know if they is they actually are really talking to you or just being polite etc right yeah uh uh do not however affect to speak only the oracles or to deal in bomos uh condescending to the level of the company and to be free and accessible to all persons condescend to the level of the company and be uh, yeah so he says don't hold yourself high and mighty right yeah and try to be one with everybody you meet right don't go around giving words of wisdom to everybody and try to make a big show or a big impact wherever you go and whenever you go right so that's something that uh you should avoid express whatever occurs to you that cannot offend others or hurt yourself right yeah so he's talking about what we in linguistics call or in elt call the politeness principle right don't hurt other people and don't get hurt hurt yourself keep some opinion to yourself right yeah you don't have to be so transparent to give your opinions to everybody say what you please to of others but never repeat what you heard said of them to themselves right if you have nothing to offer you yeah so the question is uh, if you carry what somebody says to another person then that's a kind of a bad thing uh that uh, because you're putting one person against the other or talking about what them they said about themselves right and then it actually means gossiping about somebody yep right if you have nothing to offer yourself laugh with witty assent to the wise they will not think the worse of you for it okay so he says laugh with the witty assent with the wise that's 
keep in line okay stay in in line keep in line don't try to stand out yeah that's what he began the uh, began the paragraph with they will not think the worse of you for it listen to information on uh subjects you are unacquainted with instead of always striving to lead the conversation uh into some favorite one of your own right yeah so the question is when you try to listen to other people right listen to subjects that you don't know because then only you can learn something more one and you don't become pushing the whole conversation around you yeah uh but the last method you, you will shine but will not improve uh, i'm i'm ashamed myself ever to open my lips on any question i've writ ever written upon it is much more difficult to be able to converse on an equal e equality with the number of persons in turn that to soar above their heads confounding the understandings and uh, excite the stupid gaze of all companies by bestriding some senseless topic of your own and confounding the understanding of those who are ignorant of it right so you might we have this expression called the one eyed king among the blind right and he's talking about don't ride your own kind of or blow your own trumpet too much yeah so be not too fond of argument indeed by going much into company which i do not however wish you to do you will be weaned from the practice if you set out with it rather suggest what remarks may have occurred to you on a subject than aim at dictating uh your opinions to others or at defending yourself at all points right now the idea of arguments i don't know whether this is a good advice or bad advice we need to have arguments we need to have discussions we need to even have fiery arguments right others you can't learn that's what i think but he's saying don't get into arguments but just express your views and learn from other people right yeah this is a very very polite kind of uh, uh, ex uh behavior that he expects right yeah actually one of the ways of learning is also by arguments also by debates and also by discussions right and in a discussion a discussion is not an argument right a discussion is not a debate right a discussion is you say something i say something and we all uh contribute to the topic and even if you contradict somebody you have to learn how to do that right uh yeah so that's what we are talking about and he is saying don't get into too many arguments and don't stick to your point rather suggest what remarks may have occurred etc you will learn more by agreeing in the main with others and entering into their trains of thinking than by contradicting and urging them to extremities right so he is talking about agreeing with them right now what happens if you don't agree then you don't agree no? right i don't know that's that's too difficult an advice to take right because uh, avoid singularity of opinion as well as of everything else right so the sing yes so here uh, this is a very contradictory point and i could not really understand it with the context of the whole paragraph because um, in a single line she he uh, suggests that listen to information on subjects you are unacquainted with and then he yeah. says that uh, entering uh, you should enter into the trains of thinking of other men yeah that means that 
No, no, no. He is saying, don't, don't make a pig of yourself in public, right? Don't make a pig of yourself in public, right? Okay, because somebody or a show off, right? Some people like to just show off and talk and talk and talk, right? Yeah. Uh, and of course, I don't know how anybody can advise all these things because one has to reflect on what one does, no? right? So that's the way it is because when we are talking about India, I don't think any of the students are wise or great because they don't open their mouths, right? Yeah, they are also fools who don't open their mouths, right? So that's one of the things. But all he's saying is have a balance about what you think, what you say. Right? If you get into an argument, uh, have at least openness about other people's view. I would think that's what he's trying to say. Yeah? Avoid singularity of opinion. Yep. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah, so the, he's not he's not actually giving him very strict guidelines. And when we're talking about uh, talking and learning, right? The, he act, as he said before in an earlier paragraph, right? You have to learn the ropes by yourself, right? Yeah, and nobody can teach this to you, right? And that's why I actually tell students who come for the group discussion and uh, that course that we have, right? I said, please, this is a practical course. You can't, nobody can make, I mean, you can have broad guidelines, but what actually can you really learn, right? Can you go by anybody's uh, rules, okay, right? So what... He's saying this is a broad line. I don't think he's saying go and strictly follow what I'm saying. Yeah. But the idea is use your mind, think about it and learn to apply whatever suits you. Right. Because here we're talking about the formation of a character, the formation of character formation and the character, the formation of a personality. No? Right. So character formation is important. And the idea is if you, you are too harsh, then that again is a problem. Right. Yeah, because many people are very harsh with themselves because their parents say so and society says so and all that kind of thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you have uh, people who are very harsh, and you have people who are very kind to themselves, and actually th that's supposed to be much better, right? I don't really know what's better and what's worse because some people are too kind to themselves and do not see that they are uh, irritating other people, right? Yeah, like we had a student. Uh, who should constantly meddle with all the girls and actually one girl actually uh, smashed his goggles right tore his shirt smashed his goggles right in front of everybody right yeah and he still hasn't learned a lesson right yeah if you don't know where to back off and you don't know where uh, your uh, boundaries lie right so he's actually saying in speech know where you stand right yeah don't exceed in anything Right? Don't try to be the center of attention because you're still young. Right? You must know how to converse, but know when to withdraw. Right? Yeah? So all those kind of things are very yeah. important. It's just like playing chess. Right? Yeah? So that's what he's saying over here. Right? Uh, so uh, yes. it is contradictory and it has to be contradictory because you can't have uh, it a uh, mono... Uh, what's this called? a monologue going on and it's actually going to be uh, only a one directional kind of thing right because life is full 
of very complicated things, right? So that's something else that you have to see what is going on over here, right? Yeah, so uh, yes, contradictions, yes, it seems contradictory, but it's not contradictory, yeah? Uh, yes. hmm. Right, uh, where were we? Yeah, so you're saying, yeah, so people look at you be funneled and you might think that you're very, doing a great job, but that's not it, right? Yeah, you actually have to uh, take them at their own level and learn to communicate at their own level and that's what's important, right? Uh, avoid singularity of opinion as well as of everything uh, else. Sound, okay, singularity of opinion means don't be stuck to an opinion, right? Be a little more flexible, that's it. Sound uh, conclusions come with practical knowledge rather than with speculative refinements. Uh, in what we really understand, we reason but little. Long-winded disputes fill us with a place of common sense and candid inquiry. Yeah. So when we talk, we don't understand. Understanding requires some quiet meditation on a subject. Right. So that's what he's saying. And then he says, when we uh, sound conclusions come with practical knowledge rather than with speculative refinements, in what we really understand, we reason but little. Right. Uh, Long-winded disputes fill up the place of common sense and candid inquiry, right? Now that again might seem like a contradiction, but it's not, right? It, he says, also you get common sense with a lot of dispute, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you've seen these debates, which are very, very long. Yeah. And a sustained de debate for a long period of time. Yeah. And two people sticking to their own point of view. And giving their own kind of arguments, right? Yeah. So, of course, if that is uh, too hard, then it becomes a hard argument, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, do not imagine that you will make people friends by showing your superiority over them. It is what they will neither admit nor forgive unless you have a high and acknowledged reputation beforehand, which renders this sort of petty vanity more inexcusable right so nobody likes people who pretend that they are superior right and if they are really superior they won't have the kind of superiority which they show right yeah so you're talking about really be superior and if you're really superior you won't show it around right uh yeah so that's important uh yeah then we seek to gain the goodwill of others rather than to exhort the applause and to this end be neither too tenacious of your own claims nor inclined to press too hard on their weaknesses right yeah so he's saying try to maintain good relations with people and goodwill with people rather than irritate them and try to force your argument or anything of the sort right uh, do not affect the society for your own inferiors in rank, no court that of the great, right? Now that's what we call the archetypal authoritarian, kick the people who are below you and lick the people who are above you, right? Yeah, and that's, uh, that's Indian society, right? Uh, where we don't contradict people in power, we don't contradict people in authority, we contradict only the people who we are over or we think we are over, right? Yeah. 
and we think we are better than them. So we contradict those people, right? Uh, so that's what is going on. Uh, there can be no real sympathy in either case, right? So the idea of the superiors and the inferiors and all that kind of thing is a problem. The first will consider you as a, a restraint upon them, right? That is uh, the people who are you consider inferior and the last as an intruder upon sufferance. It is not a desirable distinction to be admitted into company as a man of talents, right? Now, many people think that you are a man of talents or you are a person of talents, right? And uh, that's something that many people also want, right? They want to be the center and the soul of a party. They want to be the life of the party, right? But they can't sit down quietly and enjoy people, right? Without making a big whack about themselves, right? So that's something that he is uh, against, right? And your mark for individual, uh, individual's observation. If you say nothing or merely behave with common uh, propriety and simplicity, you seem to have no business there, right? If you make a study display of yourself, it is arrogating a consequence you have no rights to. If you are uh, contented to pass, uh, pass as an indifferent person, they despise you. If you distinguish yourself and show more knowledge, wit or talent than they do, they hate you for it, right? Uh, have no alternative. I would rather be asked out to sing than to think, to talk. Everyone does not pretend to a fine voice, but everyone fancies he has as much understanding as another. Indeed, the secret of the sort of intercourse has been pretty well found out. Literary men are seldom invited on the tables of the great. They send for players and musicians as they keep monkeys and parrots, right? Yeah, of course, that's a little kind of superior uh, going about, right? So he says, uh, actually people don't like all this kind of talking to, right? Yeah, it's like somebody who had wrote, written about the, uh, the great Prime Minister of India uh, before he became Prime Minister, yeah? And he's, they say, well, he doesn't talk with you, he talks and he doesn't talk to you, he talks at you, right? Yeah, that is, you don't even, he doesn't even care, you're a, you bloody well listen, right? So that's said long ago. Uh, I don't know if they hold uh, the, uh, that true today after the farmers protest, right? I don't know whether that's true. That's an old article. Uh, it was in two, uh, 2014, right? Yeah. So the question is, do you talk at people? Do you talk with people? And what he's advocating over here is, talk to people at their own level, right? Don't show them that you are superior, you are in power, you've got all the knowledge, you've got all the wisdom, you can put everything right and you know everything, right? Yeah, that whole idea of the know-it-all, uh, maybe some people will lap it up, right? Not all people, right? And that's what is interesting because he's saying that, look, people will talk and say, no, no, I can't sing, right? Yeah, I can't play an instrument, okay? But everybody thinks that they know and they have a mental apparatus which they can think, right? Everybody thinks that I can think, right? And the idea of that's where exactly you have all these kinds of uh, conflicts with people, right? Because you think differently and I think differently, which is a good thing, 
right? Yeah. But if I get into a fight with you about it, that's not a good thing, right? I I can um, I have to find a way to make uh, to reach out to your way of understanding what I'm trying to get to, right? And you have to try to do the same, right? Because otherwise, what will we do? We'll land up in a fight. Yeah. We won't be able. I'll be shouting what I think, and you'll be saying what you think, right? Yeah. And nobody is going to. We won't find a middle ground where we can actually communicate, right? That's actually the basis of what he's saying over here. Yeah. Uh, I would not, however, have you run away with the notion that the rich are knaves or the lords are fools, right? Yeah, which of course may be true, right? Yeah, the rich are knaves and the lords are fools. This is too simplistic. That's what he's saying, right? Yeah, they are for what I know as honest and as wise as other people, and of course, uh, he's talking in different contexts, right? Because you get a lot of people who have got a lot of wealth and power, and uh, they don't think at all because they don't need to. They're very comfortable people, right? Yeah. And the more comfortable people are, the less they think, the less they read, the the less they confront uh, things that are uh, really matter to other people, right? So that's one of the things that you have, right? And uh, yeah, as Goldsmith says, where wealth increases. And men decay, right? Yeah. So you you find that everywhere, right? Even with jobs, once people are very comfortable with a job, and this is true about India all the time, right? Because here in India, people don't even bother about their jobs once they're very secure, right? Yeah. And of course, I can't make a generalization, and it's difficult to make a generalization. Yeah. But by and large, once you're comfortable in your your little niche of a job. Then you don't bother about doing anything else, right? Yeah, and uh, sadly, that's the status of our universities all over the country, right? So we don't learn more. We don't try to exert ourselves to understand something better, right? Some people do, a very small percentage, right? But then uh, the idea is nature seeks the lowest, right? Uh, the lowest level, and that's what we have reached, right? And we can go even lower. Because we don't care, right? There is no effort to make us uh, make ourselves better, right? Uh, so that's a big problem, and uh, that's again uh, something that we have to think about. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it is a trick of our self-love, supposing that another has a decided advantage of us in one way, to strike a balance by taking it for granted. An oral antithesis that we must be as much beneath us in those qualities on which we plume ourselves, uh, which we would appropriate most entirely to our own use. Right now, there, we have an opinion of ourselves. Right, all of us have an opinion of ourselves. Some of them are okay. Some of them are not. Right, and then what happens is uh, this is something that happens. When we come from a small town, sometimes, right, and in the small town we are thought of as very wise, right, and when when we go to the big city, we find many people of the same kind, right, yeah, who better than us. Then what do we do, right? How do we assess that? That's something else that is important. And then uh, I think I've told you this. There's a professor from Yale, uh, engineering, right now. I met him as he's sitting down and doing maths, right. Uh, after his retirement in India, 
and uh, he was telling me, he says, the people who have the biggest kind of crisis are the IIT people because they are thought about as a cat's whiskers over here in India, right? Because they've got into the IIT, right? And uh, they've got out of the IIT and they think that uh, nobody is better than them, right? Yeah, and then that's a sure recipe for everybody who hate you for one. And the second thing is, you don't really know stuff, right? You've just done your graduation, you don't know stuff, and you think you're the cat's whiskers. And of course, you don't know even the basics, right? Now that's how society makes us or breaks us, right? So we have to have this kind of inner apparatus, which we're supposed to learn and develop, and that's the purpose of the letter, to have an apparatus which within us to say, well, this is not quite something about me, or this is not quite something that I should take it as true, right? Because you'll get people who boost your ego up, okay? And that's something which many people fall for, right? Yeah? And uh, uh, some people just love it, right? Yeah? They, they love this kind of thing that people, even if they can't sing, people say, oh, what a wonderful voice you have, right? The, the truth, of course, is uh, in, in most worlds, some people don't get praised at all, right? Yeah? Uh, the family doesn't praise you, nobody praises you, and suddenly somebody praises you, and you get blown out of proportion, right? Yeah? So you have to have a balance, even when you listen, a balance about yourself and the world. That's what he's talking about, right? By and large, for me, this at some points is romantic, but by and large, it's very neoclassical, right? Because it's talking about this balance, it's talking about uh, the, the neoclassical kind of Aristotelian golden mean, right? Yeah? So he says, find a golden mean, the practical and the theoretical, right? Find a golden mean of how much to talk and how much not to talk, right? And the idea is, this is something that you learn only you practice, right? So you come to know that, well, I've said this, I shouldn't have said this, right? That happens to me even now, right? It's not that you stop learning that, right? You, you learn how to behave with people and you can do that only if you mix with people. Yeah, that's, that's something that's interesting, okay? Uh, you can learn that only with practical experience, right? How to say, what to say, how much to say, how much not to say. I don't think uh, you have any textbook to teach you, right? This is, of course, a reflection, right? Which is reflecting on yourself and it's actually too much in one go, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's written down fine so you can go and read one paragraph at a time and uh, it's it become, it's become a kind of literary piece right that we are into right uh, yeah uh, are you all getting bored or are you getting tired if you are then we can stop I don't have a problem right uh, yeah yeah but it is a trick of our self love supposing that other that another has the decided advantage of us in one way to strike a balance by taking it for granted as an oral antithesis that he must be as much beneath us in those qualities on which we plume ourselves, which we would appropriate almost entirely to our own use. Right? It is hard indeed if others are raised above us, not only by the gifts of fortune, but of understanding too. Right? Now, uh, there's a question of wealth, but there's also a question of understanding, right? And understanding comes with reflection, reading and reflection, right? That's how we get understanding of anything. 
right? You read a hard subject which we don't understand, right? And we might understand it a little more afterwards, right? And I'm saying a little more because I don't know if anybody will call themselves an expert in something, right? Yeah, we can call ourselves experts in little things, right? Yeah, maybe uh, pouring tea, right? Or filling up uh, an ink pen from uh, an ink stand, right? Or an ink bottle, right? So those are little things that we might be experts at, right? Which I don't know if anybody care about it, right? But of course, it's, it is important because I like to fill my pen with ink, right? And I like to fill it up without a... Uh, uh, without a refill, right? Yeah. So that's something I, I think very dear to me, right? So that's all. And other people, many people can't do that because first of all, uh, ink pens have gone out of vogue and I'm one of the uh, dinosaurs who still use an ink pen, right? Yeah. So, but anyhow, that doesn't count and that's not a very great thing, right? Yeah. So if somebody's filling their ink pen and they said, oh, we don't know what to do with this. How do we fill this? I said, well, I can do it. But I can try to do it at least, right? Maybe I'll make a mess and one or two drops of ink might fall, but I'll, I won't be frightened about it. That's all I can say, right? Yeah, so uh, that's something that he's talking about a kind of humility that we have about ourselves, right? Don't think of yourself too big or too small. Don't think of yourself as very badly and don't think of yourself very great, right? Find the right kind of... Uh, and the question is life is dynamic and human beings are dynamic, no? right? So at one point of time you might think that you're very strong, another point of time you might think you're very weak, right? On the same day, in one situation you might feel that you're great and another situation you might feel that it's uh, rotten, right? Yeah, so we have all these hang-ups and this is about human beings, so that's okay, right? Uh, yeah, people have an unwillingness to admit that the House of Lords can be equal in talent to the House of Commons, right? Yeah, maybe today they are, right? Though the House of Lords is normally given not to a person who's born very rich, but it's about people who, and we're talking about 200 years ago. But the House of Lords today is called the peerage, right? The royal peerage, that is, people who are experts in some area, like you have Lord Miku Parekh and Meghnath Desai, right? Uh, they have achieved some kind of skill in some uh, uh, for academic skill, that's why they're admitted to the House of Lords, right? Yeah, so that's, it's not because of anything else. Uh, in the past, it was actually the people who owned land and who were actually lords, right? So they were the people who were in parliament in England. But now it's the commons, right? And the commons actually uh, have to stand for elections and get elected. The House of Lords are by nomination, just as we have the uh, Lok Sabha and the uh, Rajya Sabha. Right? Yeah. So in the other sex, if a woman is handsome, she is an idiot or no uh, better than she should be. In ours, if a man is worth a million of money, he is a miser, a fellow that cannot spell his own name, or poor creature in some way to bring him to our level. Right? Now what he's doing is, uh, the idea, and look at the word he uses, the woman is handsome today. Okay, right? So that's the old English, uh, not the old English, but that's the adjective that was used. Today you say beautiful, right? How many people do you get who say handsome, right? She is an idiot or no uh, better 
than she should be, right? Now, that's of course extremely male chauvinist, right? You're talking about a woman is only worth her looks, right? Which is terrible, right? And what happens if a woman doesn't have a looks and she's very intelligent? What happens, right? Yeah, so that's, that's not even okay. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, this is malice, right? What is that? A fellow that cannot spell his own name as a poor creature is in some way to bring him to our level, right? Uh, now you have a person who's got a lot of money but is a miser, right? Okay, and you have a person who cannot spell his name that is a poor creature and you shouldn't laugh at him, right? This is malice and not truth. Believe all the good you can of everyone. Do not measure others by yourself. If they have advantages which you have not, let your liberty keep pace with a good fortune. Right? So the idea is, uh, don't think about you, a person having a quality that you don't have. Don't think that he's bad in what you know well. Right? So have a, it's actually saying, be modest about your opinion about yourself. Okay? Don't uh, unnecessarily have a false ego state, right? Where we get many people like that and they become pathetic, right? Yeah, they think themselves very great and they think other people are rubbish, right? And nobody's rubbish, right? And then when they find that they can't do things and other people can, then they have to get up, right? Yeah, and of course, uh, you expect the minimum, right? So you expect people to have minimum qualifications for certain jobs, right? If a person uh, cannot speak English and is teaching you English, right, then you immediately begin to say, but what's the use, right? And why is this so, right? So I think uh, that's uh, uh, also something that he's talking about, right? Uh, when he says this over here, right? Yeah, believe all the good you, if the person is not being able to speak and all that, right? Yeah, this is of course something that you find in the universities all over the country, right? You have a lot of English teachers who do not English, know English, who have not read anything, right? And who got their degrees, right? How, I don't know how that happens, but that happens, right? Yeah, and that's as great as we are as Indians. And we know one, and you need and we know one, right? Don't think that, oh, that guy has got this, and I haven't got this. That's not worth it, right? And that goes back to Shakespeare, right? Yeah, even uh, a little... I don't know where I thought of Shakespeare again. Anyway, let's forget about that. But uh, if you have but the magnanimity to allow merit wherever you see it, understanding in a, a lord or wit in a cobbler, the temper of mind will stand you instead of many accomplishments. Right? Now the question is, open and open your mind to see what you have. Right? Yeah, so you might have a lord who's very witty, right? Witty is intelligent, right? And he can say something when you are opening, when you open your mouth, he can say something else, right? And if you have a cobbler, and the cobbler is witty, then you, you immediately get quite startling, right? Because... Yes. Yes. I'm muted. Somebody muted me. Uh... No, answer. 
somebody has muted me i have not muted myself yeah so that's exactly the problem i can't do anything about it mm. no okay i don't know who has done that but somebody has done it it's not me right so somebody who's opened the meeting has done it right yeah so otherwise you can't do that right yeah okay fine not not a problem can you hear me now right yeah okay so yeah uh so when we're talking about merit yeah so what is merit is there anything called merit yeah i think what do you think about merit yeah uh of course this is 200 years old today we think of merit in a different manner because merit is associated with money merit is associated associated with means towards getting educated etc right is there any true merit no there is none right and in india of course we keep coming up again and again saying all these horrible things that uh, the reserve category people should not be allowed into the medical profession and they should not be allowed here and they should not be allowed there etc etc right when they don't have means to come to where we've come right we're talking actually about culture right and that's why i sent you i think i sent you if i'm not i'll send it to you again right i have sent you nicola gramsci right on your uh, and uh, some essays about nicola gramsci right yeah and he's one of the people who's actually talking about the peasants and he's talking about them having uh, being as good as anybody else and we are talking about the idea of uh, who is an intellectual right yeah and he says every person is an intellectual only some people are given the status of intellectuals right and that's very sad right yeah and what is has let's say right you might be an intellectual but don't make a whack about it don't go and hold it on your wear it on your sleeve and try to show it off right or don't blow your trumpet and say well i'm an intellectual and listen to me right that's what he's saying right and the question is one step even further because you're talking about merit and the idea of merit is nobody uh is responsible for your merit you that's something that you've gained and today we don't think so anymore right yeah because uh we are who we are because of our family and because of our cultural uh inputs that we get right so if i'm good in english is because of my background my family whatever that is right yeah and uh, of course i've also got uh a training right yeah and the question is where have i got my training from right so that's again a question that we have right so of course uh, the merit is caste and class that's where we get our merit from right and uh, pure merit i don't know if it exists right uh, because when we talk about all these guys who get into all these competitive institutions right uh, they are sent to tuitions right uh, either the very very commercial ones or the not so commercial ones or they have got a different kind of background right like for instance a lot of them are exposed to libraries right and uh, uh they exposed to whatever whatever you have that is their parents are in some status of life which gives them greater exposure right yeah which everybody doesn't have right so you see so all these kinds of questions come up over here when he's talking about merit right so is there any merit uh that's now we don't believe in a pure merit right i remember 
this great debate in the English department where a former head of the department said, we are going to admit people only by pure merit. I said, what? How can you do that? There's a law which says you have to give people a reservation, right? And you have to do it. You can't say no and you can't do what you want, right? And somebody was even better than me and she said, yes, we must actually give people admission by pure merit, right? And then I laughed quietly because then I said, well, I shouldn't have spoken, right? Because this person has actually put this man in his place and he has not understood that he's talking rubbish, right? Yeah? Yeah, because if you go by pure merit, who's got pure merit? Nobody, right? Uh, and that's as interesting as it is. Uh, wherever you see it, understand it in a Lord, uh, understanding in a Lord or wit in a cobbler, the temper of mind will stand you instead of many accomplishments, right? Yeah? So you might find all these things very interesting. And when you look at people as human beings, yeah, some of them are very interesting. Like, for instance, I remember this beggar, right? And he must have been very educated. Uh, he showed us some degrees and I don't know how he landed up as a beggar, right? And one day, uh, you know how people have their own work to do and they get very irritated if somebody comes and disturbs them. And my mother was one of them, right? And she said, ah, and the city we lived in, we had a lot of beggars because we lived in a, a, a roadside house, right? That is, uh, people could easily come into the main gate, into the garden and then come and come to the door and beg, right? So he said, Oh God, the same old man has come, right? And the man said something interesting because he was, he knew English, right? And he says, well, the same man, yes, madam, the same man, the same excuse, but the need is greater. Well, I, I was a small kid over there, but, so I didn't have rights over the money, but I said, well, this is really an intelligent fellow, right? Yeah. So who thinks of that kind of an answer, right? Yeah. So that's the question of wit right and you to see that some people are very very witty right yeah and they know how to use the intelligence even though they're cornered right and somebody has ticked them off yeah my mother actually ticked him off and he didn't get befuddled right he had a response and i think ultimately my mother gave him some money right yeah so that's as uh, interesting as it gets right so you find uh, so you don't attribute saying that this is a person and this is his status and he must be intelligent. That's what we do commonly, right? Especially in India, we are even worse, right? Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, we, we pay attention to all the things that somebody hasn't achieved at all, right? And that's something that is not even worth it, right? We are talking about our birth. We are talking about uh, our wealth, not our wealth, but our parents' wealth, right? Yeah. And that's how we stand. And that's what we think is merit, right? Yeah. And look at somebody who doesn't have any of those things, right? And with nothing, they've come up, right? I had a very interesting student from North Gujarat, and I always kept wondering, how did this person reach the MA, right? Because he's had no, not a single lecture in the school, in the village that he was in, and he was a Dalit student whose parents were landless laborers, right? Yeah, and of course, his father died, and then after, his mother also died. And he was such an intelligent student, right? Yeah. And you begin to wonder what happens and how these people are ever come to this level, right? With, okay, with no means at all, right? So when you talk about merit, we're talking about the means by which we achieve our merit, yeah? And that's, of course, a post-Gramscian kind of understanding, yeah? And uh, even in India, you find a lot of very intelligent people who, and the sad thing 
about us and our country is we are wasting our energy. Okay, we've got a lot of talented people, but the systems that we have do not absorb the talent, right? The same people who go to Canada, they will go to the United States, they'll go to some other place, right? And the talent will be uh, respected, yeah? And uh, they, they can't function over here because of our old way of thinking and our mentalities that are rusted and in the ancient uh, world, maybe, yeah? Yeah, uh, think no man too happy. Raphael died young. Milton had in misfortunes to be blind. If anyone is vain or proud, it is from folly or ignorance, right? Now that's important because he's talking about uh, don't think that that person is happy, right? A person might have achieved something, but that's, an, that's, that's a very superficial way of looking at it. Yeah, when he's talking about Milton, okay, Milton, of course, is blind. That's one part of the story. And the other part of the story is his wife has run away from him, right? And that's why he writes his Areopagetica, right? No, I'm not uh, denouncing him or anything because he's still a wonderful, wonderful poet, right? And when he gets blind, uh, his daughters have to write down all that he composes in the night, right? course, that's tremendous, right? To compose a whole chunk of lines of poetry in the night in your mind without writing them down and wait till the morning and get your daughters to write them down, right? Yeah? So that's as interesting as Milton is, right? And uh, he writes this wonderful poem on his blindness, right? Uh, if anyone is vain or proud, it is from folly or ignorance, right? So when you see a person thinking that he's very great, right? That person is a poor person because he's an ignorant person, right? And of course, we are surrounded by a lot of ignorant people all the time, right? But we don't take them as ignorant. We think that they're very wise, right? So they might get a job. They might think that they're a, a top dog anywhere, right? Yeah, and they actually, what do you call foolish people or ignorant people, right? And that's a Platonic notion because Platon, Plato says no person is wicked, okay? Uh, they're only what you call ignorant, right? Even a murderer, uh, a ruler who thinks that I'm the greatest, right? Or whatever that is, right? They're all ignorant people, right? And uh, they don't know what their limitations are. So what this letter is actually talking about is know your strengths, know your weaknesses, right? Which is something that is important even for something called an MBA, right? Because uh, you can't disguise your weaknesses as strengths, right? Yeah, you have to admit that this is what I'm weak at and try to do something about it, right? And we have to have a keen awareness of our weaknesses and strengths. That's all he's saying. And the idea is uh, if you find people around you doing all these things, give them a margin because they're poor people, they're ignorant people, okay, and all of us are human beings and this is the nature of being a human being, right? Some people think they're very wise and talk very much. Some people try to boss around, right, and are not able to do their stuff, right? Yeah, so the question is, uh, can we put up with the ignorance of other people, right? Yeah, and many of us can't and we're becoming more and more intolerant, right? I don't know whether it's an Indian phenomenon or it's a phenomenon all over the world, right? 
uh, you, you see that people get very irritated and intolerable because they expect people to have the same skills that they have. Right? Yeah? So if you're living in India, uh, you come to know actually that, well, and if you're actually working with people, you know that, well, sometimes I can't do things and these people are not very wise, but at least they can do this much of stuff, right? Yeah? Uh, those who peak themselves excessively on some one thing have but that one thing to peak themselves upon as languages, excess, uh, uh, languages, mechanics, etc. I do not say that this is not an enviable delusion where it is not liable to be disturbed. But at present, knowledge is too much diffused and pretensions come too much into collusion for then this to be, a, a, be long the case, right? Now the idea is, what do we pretend, right? Do we ask ourselves, what do we pretend, right? Of course, some of you are psychology students and even if you are not psychology students, we all play games all the time, right? We all pretend that we are somebody else, right? We all pretend that I know more than somebody else, right? And we might call ourselves uh, nationalist or communist or Marxist or feminist and we try to think that we are very true to all that, but these are all pretensions, right? Yeah? So we all have pretensions about being feminist or being very kind or being very good or being very good in English or very bad in English. These are all pretensions that we have, right? So the question is, what, uh, what do we pretend, right? And to know our pretensions is a very important thing, right? If I know that I'm pretending to be a great scholar, right? Yeah, then at least I can do something, right? But if I'm not even aware that I, I'm pretending all this stuff, then I'm not even worth it, right? Yeah, and that's something that happens to many people, right? And this is some kind of an Indian disease because our position actually is supposed to speak for us, right? That's supposed to be. But the reality is we have to speak for our position, right? We have to get the, uh, the it's not the position which gives us the status, but we have to push status into the position, right? Yeah, you have to actually say that, well, this is given to me. How do I make my status good enough, right? Yeah, and I remember my teacher who died recently, I don't know if he died of COVID, but somebody sent me the clip that he uh, passed away. And one of the important things that he told me, I, I think I still like that very much. He says, well, if you're a lecturer and uh, you have the status of a reader or a professor, right? That's better than being a professor and having the status of a, a lecturer or a reader, right? Yeah. So uh, that's exactly the problem, right? We, we've tried to get into a position and we don't have the status. Right? So when your skills, your way of handling things, right, your experience don't match up with your position, everybody is going to laugh at you. Right? And that's something that keeps happening. Right? And it's better to be one notch lower than one notch higher. Right? And of course, I think that's very, very sound advice. Right? Because uh, this is what happens all over the world. Right? Yeah? And you find people who've got a tremendous amount of what we call an ego. Right? And actually, uh, after some time, you will be thinking that, well, why do they do all this? Because they're probably very insecure, right? Otherwise, they won't behave so stupidly and ignorantly, right? 
and uh, of course we get uh, we de definitely get irritated with them because we don't understand where they're coming from. They look as if they're bossing around with us. They shout at us, maybe, right? Yeah, and then you begin to say, well, uh, yeah, there's something wrong with it, right? Or we begin to say that, well, they're very, very insecure. Or what we also say is they're very ignorant, right? Yeah. Uh, and you get many, many very ignorant people, right? Like, for instance, the head of the department who I'm talking about, he doesn't even know the Gramscian argument, right? So what is that, right? Yeah, and he's talking about pure merit, right? So if he's talking about pure merit, he and I, and none of us should be here at the university, right? If we are really talking about pure merit, right? We're actually talking about people uh, and compare ourselves with, say, people in Oxford, maybe you'll find bad people there also, right? And people in Cambridge and people all over the world, right? What is pure merit there, right? Yeah, so we, we, we have many, many more a very well, well informed people and also people have gone to better institutions which have given them exposure, have made them work more, right? Our universities don't make us work at all, right? Uh, and uh, even and we try to get away without working, right? So that's something that you find uh, which is there, right? I remember one of my teachers who was telling us once, he said for an MPhil in Oxford you you to do a lot of work. Right? Otherwise, you won't even get that. Right? And over here in India, people don't bother. Right? For a BA, you have to struggle. Right? If it's a foreign university. Right? Uh, for a simple BA, you have to do a lot of work. For a simple MA, you have to do a lot of work. Right? Yeah? I don't know if things have changed and become worse. Maybe they have. Because uh, things in the world are getting uh, a notch lower all over. Right? But even then, uh, if they have to maintain their standards, they have to make students work at the BA level, at the MA level, at the PhD level, right? Yeah. And that shows uh, when the people actually do their work, right? When they teach, when they uh, research, when they, whatever they do, you can know, you actually can come to know whether people have done work or haven't done work, right? Yeah. So we like to think ourselves very great. We are not very great. And I don't know if any of us are very great at all. And how many people are very great at the universities? I don't know, right? Yeah. And of course, I've seen people from Oxford who are very, very humble. And if you say, well, I'm writing Oxford, please don't write that, right? They don't even want all that to be written because uh, we actually know that there are a lot of scholars and we don't even figure over there, right? So I think that kind of humility uh, and the idea that we are ignorant, we all always have to think about, right? Uh, yeah. So that's something else. Uh, those, uh, we finished that? Yeah. Right. Uh, I do not say that this is not an enviable delusion where it is not liable to be disturbed. Right? So, we have a delusion. Right? And many of us, in many institutions, because we know uh, a little more than somebody else, we might think that we are better. Right? And that's an, a, a delusion. Right? We think that we are the greatest. Right? And that's what happens many times to people from small towns, right? Uh, happens to many people from uh, in different disciplines, right? Where people, maybe they're very well read, but they don't open their mouths, right? Yeah, and uh, many people think that, well, I'm the greatest, right? So when we reach that, there's something called delusion, right? And that delusion costs uh, quite a bit, right? Uh, and actually, the minute we reach that state of delusion is when we are going down and getting rotten, right? 
Yeah? And the minute we think that, ha, I've achieved a BA, I don't need to study anymore. And I've achieved an MA or a PhD and I don't need to study anymore. That's, that's the end of you. And that's the end of me. And that's the end of all of us. Right? Yeah? So we see all those people all the time. And that's what a university should not be, but that's what universities are, especially in our country. Right? Yeah, I don't know if it's true about other countries, because you get people who are scholars in Oxford who spend their life studying one word. Right? Yeah? And maybe there are scholars in India who don't come to the university because the universities are not really the places where scholars should be. And that's a contradiction again. Right? Yeah? So that's a contradiction in terms, but that's very sad. Yeah? Because uh, we're doing all this teaching all the time. Right? Which shouldn't be. Right? We, we should have, uh, when you talk about places like Oxford and Cambridge and all these places, you have one lecture a year. Right? And that's a great lecture, right? Yeah, and we have, we have so many lectures a day, right? So what is the kind of energy we spend on reading? What is the kind of energy we spend on research, right? Yeah, uh, hardly anything, right? And that's as interesting as a country is because I was sitting at a friend's house, maybe the last Diwali or uh, the earlier Diwali, and his daughter said something very interesting. She said, we spend 3% of the GDP on education. I said, I don't even think half a percentage is actually going to the right sources, right? And uh, my friend agreed with me because he's a, a, a maths a teacher and the head of the department and all that. He said, yes, that's quite true because when we talk about money going to education, you have heads which it goes to. That is, you have a head of transport, stationary, right? Equipment for the department, all those kind of things, and all those heads, uh, the money is spent on, right? How much of money is spent on in buying books, right? That's one, right? How much of money is spent on in a person being uh, given uh, time away from from teaching and time to sit down and study, right? Yeah, all those are almost impossible, right? All the projects which we have, almost all, right? I'm not saying all, right? Uh, we have projects which expect that you do your research work along with study, right? Yeah, and that's something where we have to think about, right? Because when you go to all these universities, sometimes there are no students, right? Yeah, and even in, in Elphinstone College, Bombay, that was the case some time ago, right? There were about 10, 15 people in the department and no students, so there are no lectures, right? So you sit and read and you study, and that's the idea. And that's actually what a university is supposed to be, right? So, well, I don't know whether it's going to happen in my life. I didn't see it and I haven't seen it, right? Uh, but I have seen people who, who actually sit down and study, right? That at least I've seen, right? So I, uh, well, I think I'm sorry for uh, saying all these things and uh, being so negative, but I think we should know the reality, right? And I hope that changes, that's for me. Because when I went to Pune University for the first time, I was very, very impressed. In the maths department, not a sound, right? And there was this head of the department called Professor Gopalakrishnan who, who taught me later, right? He was sitting down and reading the maths. All the other people were sitting down and doing their own work, right? Yeah? And of course, I, I was out from uh, college and uh, a professor putting his legs up on the table and reading but reading mathematics, okay, yeah, so that was something that really impressed me, right, 
to see somebody who's doing nothing, just sitting around and reading mathematics, right? Yeah, no pen, no paper, nothing. Just sit down and read a book, right? Of course, we had to study his book, right? So that was uh, something, right? And uh, 